Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And who you gonna call Ghostbusters? For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Joe, how are you doing today? Jeff, I'm A-OK. How art thou? I art good. We are covering that original OG Ghostbusters because uh, we got this new Ghostbusters coming into theaters now. Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, from Jason Reitman, Ivan Reitman's uh, son, oh. who directed this, of course. Uh, it's an interesting departure. I'm used to Jason Reitman. I mean, then there's Juno and stuff. But it's like up in the air and thank you for smoking. Uh, oh, I forget. I feel like he's been doing some garbage lately, <laughs> and now I'm forgetting. I've, I was like, I haven't enjoyed. I don't remember seeing a Jason Reitman film that I enjoyed in several years. I think it was that Labor Day or something with Josh Brolin and Kate Winslet that nobody saw. I didn't even hear of it. <laughs> uh, but this one, you got Paul Rudd as like this teacher. Oh. I believe you have all of uh, the surviving members, everyone, but Harold Ramis, like coming have some kind of small parts. Mm-hmm. Carrie Coon, I believe, is the mother in this. Carrie Coon. Yeah, so this looks fun. This I'm, I'm kind of interested in this Ghostbusters afterlife. So it's fun to revisit the original, uh, which mm. I had not seen in quite some time. Ghostbusters came out on June 8th, 1984, and was directed by Ivan Reitman and written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. Amy Jo, what is your experience with that original Ghostbusters? I had definitely seen it in my childhood, but this was not one that was on like strong rotation in our house, mm-hmm. which is funny because my dad loves Bill Murray. Um, so like we watched it, but this just wasn't one that we, I guess we didn't have the VHS. So um so it's one that, like, when we were watching it this time, like, I, it had been years since I'd seen it. I think yeah. I've watched it once since moving to New York, um, but it's still been it's been some time. A long what, time. What were the uh, Bill Murray films that you're that you'd be watching? Oh man, well like we watched. We have seen The Man Who Knew Too Little so many times <laughs> Same. in my that, household. That, I watched that on repeat. I mm-hmm. love I love that film. It's we, so stupid. We owned Stripes, though we rarely mm. watched it. Um, like Caddyshack, but uh, like I, I we watched a lot of um old SNL, um oh, and sure, you know sure. so I think like it's a lot of like was Scrooged ever on the no rotation no, no. was not a fave of yeah. the fam um mm-hmm. I'm trying to think because I know that there's another that I'm missing but um oh, oh Groundhog Day. Um, yes. is one that we watched. <laughs> you mean before. not larger than life? Not Bill Murray Cart and an elephant across the country? No, no, missed it. Back when we were cr- elephant crazy, it was like larger than life. Like, and then I ran Operation Dumbo Operation Drop. Operation Dumbo Drop. <laughs> we could not get enough of pairing some wisecracking comedian, either Dennis Leary in Operation Dumbo Drop or Bill Murray in Larger Than Life, pairing them with a big elephant movie magic people box did office it. gold. They did it with chimps you well, know i mean i mean a chimp is a natural actor or an orangutan or an orangutan your dunstan checks in and you're yeah. every which way but loose i mean a pairing any actor with an animal usually is a is a tried and true method but elephants you know you want to train a, a monkey it's like that seems a little easier to me than like okay now we've got a film with an <laughs> a <elephant>. multi-ton <laughs> creature that is uh not 
you know, I guess there's they're in the circus. You yeah, know? Similarly, multi-ton creature is very hard for them to train the stave puffed marshmallow man. At the oh end man, of this I film. hear that guy was a r- real jerk. What a diva! <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen that rider. <laughs> Graham crackers, Hershey bars. <laughs> He's wanted to make himself a big s'mores. Like, what are you doing, my guy? And I had yes, I'd seen this as a kid. I think I was too young when I saw this. I feel like mm-hmm. I remember some cousin or some family friend had like ghostbusters toys like they had like a fake uh like the proton pack they had like the little backpack mm-hmm. thing they could strap on and then like the little uh i think is that the proton pack whatever the little thing is that then you uh that opens up that catches the, the little ghost. trap the little trap the little ghost trap that's yeah. the technical term they use ghost trap uh <laughs> this film was just called ghost trap uh ghost trappers i guess that also works trappers but Maybe. less exciting than busters yeah the butt is really nice mm-hmm. just that nice mm-hmm. Busters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was definitely too young. We'll get to it in the synopsis. There were two parts specifically that <laughs> scared the bejesus out of me as a child. So spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Ghostbusters or yet ain't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. Peter Venkman, Ray Stance, and Egon Spengler are parapsychology professors at Columbia University investigating the paranormal. Following their first encounter with a ghost manifesting at the New York Public Library, the university dean fires them and dismisses the credibility of their research, which this scene included my first big laugh of the film, which is Murray investigating the ectoplasm and then not being able to get it off his hand. He's just flicking it and he flicks it into his face and then he's just rubbing smearing it, it on just books. smearing it on books. No like, respect. Great. Apparently like, all throughout they were like looking to murray to be like oh could you just make up something funny here because like the script is like uh we kind of threw this together so could you, could you have a funnier line or just he's just like go off on a fact bit? i do and you could tell so much of this movie just feels like murray taking it for a walk oh absolutely uh so in response to getting fired they create the ghostbusters a paranormal investigation and elimination service operating out of a disused firehouse and i will say this commercial is such a nice touch of them all being so, so bad, bad. Like, like one step closer to the camera to say my line and then you go back to and the everything and the said in this kind of stilted in. voice it's like that i don't know that's the kind of thing that like myself <laughs> as an actor a lot of actors love to do but it's also just like not the thing that everyone would think to do with like and i just i don't know i find it so funny it's like of course these like scientist weirdos are not gonna be good <laughs> at selling the product right although it makes me wonder because they get they seem to get like video of the ghost do they not don't they take like pictures or something like but, we never but then see... it gets but then it gets uh uh taken back by the university they come back from oh, they that first all ghost. The... well yeah they but take then... it off their like they come right, back from right, right, seeing right. this ghost the ghost lady in the library and then when they come back and they're like your grant's being taken away get mm. out of here and they like take the cameras off of dan Aykroyd and harold ramus so they don't right. even, they don't even get to keep that footage right so they don't so we don't actually see the pictures develop so because I'm, I'm like correct is that would would they just not show up on on camera? Yeah, so otherwise, I'm like, you that think far. that you would want to splice in some video ghosts so, to be but like, look, they at don't these have big it. Monsters. That's true. They don't have it at that point, I guess. Uh, so after a paranormal encounter in her apartment, cellist Dana Barrett, this apartment on this cellist salary, Ooh. sure, Ooh. whatever you say. How many symphony gigs <laughs> are you playing? You playing for the Philharmonic every day? <laughs> First chair cellist. Uh, she calls the Ghostbusters and she recounts opening her refrigerator. And this is what scared me as a kid. She opens the refrigerator and it's just this like hellscape inside. And then suddenly this demon dog just yelling, Zool, uh, which is like 
that should not be in a refrigerator as a kid this was it wasn't just like as a kid being like oh no there's a spooky thing or in the hallway or around the corner it was like suddenly like not even the fridge is safe the, exactly the just, place where i get my snacks that's where my food lives like <laughs> my food is gone the the, the, uh, the terror uh ray and egon research zool while venkman offers to inspect dana's apartment in a failed attempt to seduce her uh, and sigourney weaver was as dana of course was saying that uh yeah, like day after day, uh, yeah, Ivan Reitman would say, all right, Bill, we need something here. So he would just, and, and she said it was absolutely effortless. The one I remember clearly is when we came into my apartment and he, there's the piano next to the door and he's just going like, <laughs> and he's like, they hate that. So it's just, he's just making up BS. It's that part That's great. made me laugh. A la- <laughs> that made me a giggle. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I do. It's, it's interesting. Cause it's, I think we're, <sighs> He's like such a the worst dog. Right. Yeah, he's so it awful. It gets by but, because we love Bill Murray. Well, I think that that's that's the thing that made me be like, ah. like, but I do appreciate that. Like Dana, and like Sigourney Weaver is kind of like, okay, like she's, she's two aware steps of it ahead of him. Yeah, she's yeah. not like, oh my god, you really need to whatever you need to investigate my underwear shorts for the ghost sighting. No, she's oh like, god, all wow, right, okay, buddy, okay. which I think is also one of the reasons that like it gets away with it but i'm like right. i don't it, need it, it to be so much and you know i think we really would have helped because for some reason all of his romantic rivals quote unquote in the film are, are nerds and i'm like why why would you do that because there's like the one as he's like very pale gentleman that is with dana that comes out like make the, him the be violinist, more of like a brock yeah. type and in the beginning that we meet him when he's like doing like testing for ESP right. with this like sexy woman and this like a real like he might as well be Harold Ramis's stand in with totally. this like hair and glasses. And he's like electroshocking this guy by being like, oh, you like what shape am I holding up? And it's like square and it's a square. And he's like, no, you're wrong. Shocks him. And the girl, whatever she says, like, you're so right. It's they're a 10 all, out of 10. They're all wrong. But... And it's like if you would cast the guy to be like a big Gaston type. Yeah. Then that would I would be more on board with like, yeah, this meathead who's being a, let, let him be a jerk. Let him be like misogynistic yeah. or be like whatever. Like, Hey, I only did this for the money. I don't believe in any of this science, bleh. whatever. But he's just like some hapless nerd who is getting shot. I was just looking for five bucks. Right, five bucks. I'm just trying to buy a sandwich, mister. <laughs> uh, so the Ghostbusters capture Slimer, the ghost at the Sedgwick hotel and deposit it in a containment unit in the firehouse supernatural activity rapidly increases across the city and the ghostbusters become famous for their exploits so they wind up hiring a fourth member winston said more to cope with the growing demand all throughout this i can't remember a film that i've seen more smoking in they are smoking a lot, non-stop yeah. in this film i don't know this before we really like cut back it on was that way film. before but still but yeah. even so like just trying to think of other films from around this time or earlier even like in the 70s i feel like we weren't smoking this much it, it feels like an episode of mad men with how much the chain smoking are... yes now where you where you left off in the description i would like to say i didn't remember it being so long before he joins up um yeah it's like halfway through the film and then i will say it feels like the character is very much an afterthought yep. like because i've seen the 2016 version more mm-hmm. recently like it's interesting to see like what they took from that and like how they interpreted that and i think they do a much better job of integrating leslie jones into the company and much i'm like her, she just sees it's much sooner and she also has her, like a yeah. real agenda and right. other than just like they're it's trying a job. to be like patty knows the subways like she knows the city so well, she's of what she's bringing to the team yeah it feels like a natural and necessary addition yeah. as a 
opposed to like, and then this guy, you know, which yeah. like they like he seems like he fits in great, but it's like, well, why couldn't we have had him sooner? And then why couldn't yeah. we have had him be more essential in some way? We'll get into it when we talk about him in casting, but uh character was originally supposed to show up much, much sooner. Really? And like that got changed like right before filming. Oof. And I will say it's hard when you've got like the way you set it up, you've got Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, you got Stanson uh Spangler as they're like whatever we are like the true believers you've mm-hmm. got dan Aykroyd is more of like the puppy dog like energy of like can we keep the firehouse like there's poles this is great we'll take it on the spot yeah and egon is like i am a technically a human like i'm your whatever like a little Beep more boop, stiff, brain like, right like whatever the line that one exchange with bill murray of like i stopped you from like drilling a hole in your head it's like and that would have worked if you had it stopped me <laughs> uh, it's such a great exchange and then bill murray seems the one even though he's also a professor that he's like, I kind of don't believe he's in this, the even though he's the cynic. And I like to have someone else. It's I, I I don't know. It's like you you want him earlier on to be the one that's like, wait, what is it you guys are doing? Like to to learn. be the more of the voice of the audience. Exactly. I, which if, right now it's like it's Bill Murray is the voice of the audience because in yeah. those early scenes, he's the one that like doesn't really expect anything to happen. And he's right. still even when it's like ghost activity in Dana's apartment, he's not taking it seriously. It's he's just, just using it as an excuse to hit on her. Watching it, it was a very interesting experience because also like Bill Murray quite famously is is just so dry, like right. it's so deadpan. I did have a hard time tracking when he actually was on board for something, you know, and when he was just like, okay, I'll go along with it. You know, like I had, I did have difficulty with that. And I feel like problems with the 2016 version aside, like, they built more clear character demarcations and and backstory for like the Kristen Wig, who would who would be the Bill Murray type, you know. Come like I get. It. I mean, I I can't even map it as a one to one. Even with Kate McKinnon as your like crazy has right. got like the Spangler right. hair, it's still so different to me it's characterization very different. wise. Absolutely, and I think it's perfectly fine. I think for it's for being its own thing, I think that is like yeah. perfectly works fine. But like certainly doesn't. I mean, yeah, it's it's having it. I think it works better to have the two leads be on the outs like they do in that film. Yes, you have more conflict to drive through the story with. Plus this, I kind of just get the feeling that Bill Murray is like the older brother, you know? He's like, okay, I'll have my two kid brothers sure, drag sure, me around sure. on this until we're like, oops, this is all real. Uh, but yeah, I agree. It is, uh, it's a weird, it's a n- almost non-existent line between Murray <laughs> caring and not caring. Exactly, which is like funny but also then when you're when you're sitting there and trying to take notes for a podcast that you're gonna have to talk about it you're like now hold up uh suspicious of their operation epa inspector walter peck asks to evaluate their equipment but is rebuffed by venkman venkman meets with dana and informs her that zul was a demigod worshipped as a servant to gozer the gozerian a shape-shifting god of destruction gozer the gozerian like i don't they could there's, they could have tried a little harder with that one. It's supposed to think like Conan the Barbarian, but if it was called Conan the Conanian, like it doesn't, what does that even mean? How could you be the Gozarian? You're, you're already Gozer. Like the like, subjects would be Gozarians, you Right. Know? Hades the Hadarian. Like, I, I don't understand, but sure, sure, sure. Uh, when Dana returns home, she's possessed by Zul. This was the second moment I was too young for. Terrifying oh. her in this chair. Suddenly these claws ripping through the chair oh. and grabbing her. And then like a little terrible haunted mansion ride the chair just goes whips towards the door yeah. that opens and like and now here is 
this demon dog inside. I'm like, this is a nightmare. And then a similar entity possesses her neighbor, Louis Tully. Oh, Rick Moranis. Oh, so Rick good. Moranis. This scene of him at his party. <laughs> it's so, is, so funny. It's one continuous shot and was almost apparently entirely improvised by Rick Moranis because it's so good of him talking about like whatever, like the price. Everyone's like net worth. The and then the, yes, yes. Every, how much everything costs. And like, he's so funny. He, effortless. It's so good. That's why I invited clients instead of friends. It's, it's a tax write-off. Enjoy yourself, Ted. Like, it's just so, like, this beautiful stream of conscience that he has interpreted as oh, a way you, you should talk you, to people. You, Dana, you scheduled a date on the night of the party? Like, well, maybe we'll swing by. Okay, I'll tell everyone you're coming. Just, like, the worst. But you've also ca- posted casting, like, a Gaston for that yes. type guy. Because it's Rick Moranis, it is so much more lovable i do love that you've cast rick moranis in this type of character who is like oh yeah i'm obsessed with working out and with fitness and health uh and just constantly awkwardly hitting on his neighbor and locking himself out of his own apartment well that running you should really turn that auto lock off you should never get that little button (laughs) you live in new york you you gotta stay safe you know i you don't want to accidentally forget to lock your door and have a demon dog burst in although i guess how did the demon dog get into his bedroom or closet just did it just appeared yeah question mark big question mark that just appeared maybe it came through a window and we didn't see it just climbing around from from the roof Oh uh, yeah, we we didn't have quite the budget for those special effects. They're they're oh. doing what they can. You just see the like, dogs are rough. the line when they're just still when they're like some stop motion puppets. They're fun, but once they're running, it's like they're you're eighty four. It's still it's pretty impressive, but like but how they're animated yeah. in. Uh, I've seen worse, and I've seen worse much later. That is Decades absolutely later. true. Decades later. So Thankman arrives and finds the possessed Dana claiming to be the gatekeeper, and Lewis is brought to Egon by police officers and claims he is. <laughs> Vince Clortho, the key master, just like it just sounds like Vince. Like, I know I'm Vince Clortho. It just sounds like a guy that me, like Vince I'm your Clortho. super. Yeah, I'm, I'll get to fixing your drain pipes eventually. It's me, landlord Vince Clortho. Then <laughs> uh, the Ghostbusters agree to keep the pair separated. But Peck returns with law enforcement and city workers to have the Ghostbusters arrested and their containment unit deactivated, causing an explosion that releases the captured ghosts. Okay, now I have to say that the agent from the Environmental Protection Agency, Walter Peck, being the suit, being like the big bad, (laughs) is the most 80s thing I could possibly imagine. It's like... That that we were thinking like, oh, yeah, you know who's really out to get us is people who are interested in, in like trying to like keep the climate manageable. Not, I don't know, like... <laughs> It was like he is the manifestation of like corporate greed, but we we put it into the Environmental Protection Agency. I was like, it's this true. was made it's in true. the 80s. It's very, very true. I mean, it's how he goes about it, you know, because well, it is they like have you him can't dressed just shut and... this off. Well, he's just wearing a tailored suit. I know, but it really makes him look like a corporate like oh, stooge course, and it's like i guess you know yeah. i mean anyone in any like uh, department right, of anything right. can be corrupt he's and ruining be... the fun <laughs> exactly but i was just like this is so funny to me because it's so uh yeah. just just a really like uh, it just made me laugh just yes. well there's about, a reason like... you've cast someone and have that they are purposefully acting 
like a real douche nozzle so it get it helps sell a post if, if rick poor rick moranis was this character instead he's like um so we've noticed uh some nuclear right but he's still like waves the, the way that it's firehouse? written on the page yeah. and everything you know it's like clear that he is the villain and representing yeah that it's like it's it's that whole like oh well we can't you know like right. the fracking debate shall we say it's oh, just yeah. like very oh, interesting course. just to be like uh, there wasn't any other any other way you could have like worked this plot in there? No, no, it's impossible. Be- this is impossible. So it could have been the landlord of the of, the, of their yes! apartment. <laughs> For crying out loud, it could have been yeah the the it's landlord. It's me, Vince of- Glortho. What are landlord you doing? You are running this these power bills. Like what is all this? Yeah, exactly. It just was like oh yeah, because in the eighties, like anything. <laughs> It just, yeah, it just screamed like uh, Reagan era to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Lewis escapes in the confusion and makes his way to the apartment building to join Dana in jail. Ray and Egon reveal that Dana's building was designed by the leader of a Gozer-worshipping cult to function as an antenna to summon Gozer and bring about the apocalypse. And faced with supernatural chaos in the city, the Ghostbusters are released from jail and convince the mayor to let them go to mm-hmm. stop all this. Uh, so they travel to the apartment building roof, as which I love when that like that whole street gets torn apart when they're in there. It's like the earthquake. Like mm-hmm. the special effects for that was like that looked great. Mm-hmm. Where this whole because it's just all this on location shooting in New right. York already i love i right. always oh, love it's fabulous. the on location shooting especially like back here like in the 80s and 70s of like how yeah. like real and like gritty and disgusting new york looks <laughs> which i love uh but this like this street like getting ripped apart i loved so they get to the apartment building as the possessed dana and lewis open the gate between dimensions and transform back into terror dogs uh gozer <laughs> appears in the form of a woman and attacks the ghostbusters and then disappears when they attempt to retaliate and her disembodied voice demands the ghostbusters choose the form of the destructor so they try to clear their minds but ray decides to think of something harmless <laughs> and gozer reappears in the form of a 100 foot tall stay puffed marshmallow man that begins destroying the city so good it's a beautiful so comedic gesture iconic yeah mm-hmm. uh it's just the perfect choice uh egon instructs the team to cross their proton energy streams which you've established like don't do that that'll destroy everything but they cross the beams and point it at the gate the resulting explosion destroys gozer's avatar banishing it back to its dimension and closes the gateway eight pounds of marshmallow or eight eighty pounds like tons of marshmallow yeah coat like, like drops on walter than peck eight pounds you're right that is much more than eight pounds uh, i was gonna say eight tons and then I said pounds uh it crushes walter peck uh although we assume he's still alive uh, and the ghostbusters rescue dana and lewis from the wreckage and are welcomed on the street as heroes cue that ray parker song ghostbusters casting director of ghostbusters was karen ray ray's also cast such films as stripes christine and death becomes her Hmm. so let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast some of these people may have auditioned some may have just been discussed by casting this is all a little subjective and as always i've looked up all the actors in advance and amy joe is hearing it along with you listener for the very first time i don't know a thing let's kick it off with peter venkman amy joe your thoughts on bill murray and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else well bill murray is very funny um As I said before, it was kind of tricky sometimes, and I think it sounds like partially because some of it was more written than others to know, like, <laughs> what does he really think about all this, you know? But, um, yeah, he's I, he, there's a reason he's iconic and iconic comedic performer, um, because it's just no one who does 
this like yeah. deadpan ridiculous thing like like he does i i don't know he's great i don't have like a lot of or any really um contemporary yeah. offerings for him meaning like like uh At contemporary the to bill murray the 19, 1984 exactly yeah, yeah yeah so i don't know i have a lot of very different thoughts great. for um you know m- more recent versions someone else who i love who does deadpan in a very different way um is nick offerman um <laughs> but i feel like he would also be very funny in that kind of like what's going yeah. on in that that head there mm-hmm. um again none of these are gonna be like bill murray baby they're gonna that's be their fine. own thing um maybe like a sam rockwell now the slimer is eating i see he's shoveling hot dogs into his face now this is a ghost i can get behind i respect <laughs> it but we've got to stop it um i've used my uh my woodworking tools to craft a new kind of ghost containment box out of mahogany and cherry wood they hate that <laughs> Um, continue, sorry, continue. Yeah, uh, Sam Rockwell. I was just thinking mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell. If this is made later, absolutely. Yeah. Also sardonic. Also, also sarcastic. Now a very different vein of that, but we've already mentioned him. Paul Rudd, very funny, yeah. especially I if he's doing more like if this isn't if he is giving us a more heightened version of that. Like I'm thinking of like Wet Hot American Summer, like not sure, that extreme, sure. but that like yeah. you know we've seen it. And then I just like now can't get him out of my head. It'd be very. Very different, but I'm like, oh, well, Will Smith would be very funny leading I this team. I was also thinking Will Smith. The the version of this made, you know, a decade later, yeah. the 1994 Ghostbusters or a little after. Uh, yeah, I think Will if, Smith, totally. If you're thinking of Vankman as being like kind of like the wisecracking closest to the voice of the audience. Right. Like, I think that any of those fellas would be hilarious. Yeah, I 100% agree with all of those choices. I could also see a Robert Downey Jr. Oh, this, totes. You know, around the Iron Man time or a mm-hmm. little earlier or whatnot. I could see a Nathan Fillion. I could see oh, him like for early sure. Good call. also giving me the same energy that I want. Uh, Bill Murray only agreed to do the movie if Columbia would finance a remake of the Tyrone Power film The Razor's Edge for him to star in. This like mm-hmm. war drama d uh, or drama full drama i believe which the remake was made and released the same year as this movie which is a big big bomb did not do mm. well critically or whatever but that they were like they realized like they yeah that's the it. amount that will, it will cost to make that film uh and the amount of money we'll get back if we have bill murray in this film ghostbusters uh worked out for them will work out fine the role was originally written for john belushi oh who of course sure. passed away before they could shoot yeah uh, which is, I mean, you know, because him and Dan Aykroyd and Blues Brothers together and, right. of course, SNL, uh, which is, I mean, that feels like it would be very different. Very, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially, like, given what you said about them being like, uh, Bill, could you? Uh, uh, so, of course, like, right. if Belushi is doing that version of his own thing, it's going to feel yeah. wildly different. Yeah. Michael Keaton turned it down. Oh. Which that I can also I absolutely really can say. see that. Because, uh, like, Night Shift in 82 is his, like, film right. debut with the Fonz. Uh, and then Mr. Mom in 83. And then he had Johnny Dangerously in 84. So he's kind of like a string of comedy mm-hmm. hits um but it's still very early in his career but i i love that chevy chase turned it down which good i so i absolutely but i so get i get why so, they, so get. absolutely of course though he did appear in the music video for the theme song of ghostbusters <laughs> uh richard Pryor was considered oh which i did i like that a lot i'm interested in that steve gutenberg turned it down to star in police academy which you know sure this movie made more that movie had <laughs> 18 sequels or something something stupid i've never been anywhere near a police academy so i wouldn't Nor i have no opinion have i 
but you know, you're making your franchise, your comedy franchise money there you elsewhere. Go. I dig this. Tom Hanks was considered. Oh, yes. I duh. like that. Young, young like baby that. Hanks. Yeah, this is 84. So it's the same year as Bachelor Party and Splash. Wow. Is where he's at. Um, but I dig that. And Robin Williams was considered. Ugh, we'll put Robin Williams in it. You want someone I mean, to yeah. improvise? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody better. <laughs> your, your film could easily be three hours long now of just Robin Williams like, improvisations. We can't cut any of it. It's all too funny. <laughs> uh, but there are some good picks in there. I, th- I mean, yeah. I love Bill Murray. Bill Murray is iconic in this movie. And uh-huh. I think he is a large reason why this movie does work to have this kind of deadpan cynic. With all with, the. With this yeah. fantasy special effects and monster mayhem. Uh, it helps ground the film. I, I agree. And ground the comedy. That's the thing. Because this, at the time, was like very like a comedy and it's a supernatural yeah. action-y horror film. Like you don't, you didn't do that. This kind of genre mashup. But, yeah. Like him in the scene where Sigourney Weaver is like now Zool, yeah. you know, and like is about to levitate and everything. Yeah. It's just like. <laughs> I forget he's like, like, okay, I don't uh I don't really like to like deal with like possessed chicks. Like right, or I, right. I make it a rule not to like uh, hook up with possessed yeah. <laughs> with possessed people. So uh let me talk to Dana. Just like so pedestrian about it in yeah. a way that makes the fact she's about to levitate kind of like <laughs> like all right okay Un- underplaying that like does work yes. really well to have yeah but then to have like the moments where he's like seeing slimer across the hall and it's like ray like, <laughs> it's looking at me mm-hmm. uh let's move on to janine amy joe your thoughts on annie potts and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else she's a delight she's so good she's just so funny i always forget that she is bo peep in the toy story films because oh. it's such a different voice to For me sure, than yeah. this like great brash like what do you want well you know character actor extraordinaire absolutely um she's so funny you feel like she's a real person and not just like a caricature thrown in there you know i agree yeah she's not just like i'm filing my nails and i can't be bothered to do the work no she's like a real person i would say to bring back up the 2016 Mm. like (laughs) i hate chris hemsworth in that movie for chris hemsworth i just it everything about that performance and the how much screen time they give him in that irritates the crap out of me. I get it, and it be, and I think like watching this also made it clear for me. It's like, oh yes, because this is a real person, and that is like a comedic idea that he's playing. You know, that is just a lot to me. A lot of the humor that comes from Chris Hemsworth's performance in that is that it's all random. Yeah. I got to do frisbee golf. It's like, oh, my glasses have no lenses. It's like, oh, can uh, my my cat come work here? It's like, oh, I'm allergic to cats. No, my dog. My dog is named Mike Hat. It's like you're just saying random. It's like yeah. you're just throwing out jokes like you're like, as you're improvising, but you have no one to edit them back. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't it didn't work for me. I get it. But this I get it worked for me um yeah. she's so great i don't know i, I love this like that we get like a little romantic I subplot know, between her but that and it's Spangler like not, really not nice. a big deal is made no. out of it but we like get it and i'm like i'm rooting for you kids it could have made it more of a big deal for me i do think that the film is a little because on the one hand you, this film wants to be an ensemble comedy and then the but other it's, it's like very bill, bill murray, murray it's his film you know i agree so it, that does it is weirdly balanced that way like the mm-hmm. film is pretty short it's only like an hour around an hour 45 i could have done with more of the I other could have guys done a little more i mean like and now we're in the days where every film you can't make a movie if it's under two hours like everything's gotta be a two and a half hour blockbuster but well, i think that like a two, at the two hour mark like 15 minutes more we get a bit more winston get him in earlier yeah. we, we can have a little more spangler and janine like i'm into that like there's it, you've got so many great interesting characters and 
great performers. And great performers. Like, you've got, like, such a winner. And, uh, you know, le- less can be more. So, you know, you're in, you're out, and you're, what what a film that we've, yeah. where we started and where we end with this big, giant marshmallow man. And, uh, you know, you leave the audience not looking at, at their watches. But I could have done with a little more. Just a smidgen. Um, well, okay. So other thoughts on Janine. My first thought was comedic genius Annalie Ashford. <laughs> oh yes, She's made to, so funny. Made today. Made today. Absolutely. Get her in there with a like yes. a New York accent. Have her do her Cindy Lauper impersonation, which is very good. <laughs> yeah, and, she's uh, been on everything from like Masters right. of Sex. Uh, 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 she was in that li- Rocky Horror Live mm-hmm. uh, a few years back. She's uh, she's, in, um, she's um, in some of that American that second season of American Crime Story. She's going to be in the third one now. Yeah, she's she's playing Paula Jones in uh, the, right, the right. Clinton. Clinton right. scandal season. Um, so yeah, she's a, truly a Tony a winner for yeah. a comedy, like comedy plays. So she's she'd be so funny. Um, I also thought like a Darcy Carden. Oh sure, would crush or an Ali Wong. Well, like yeah. there's so many yeah. very funny people. I yeah. mean, Ali Wong also is just so funny in her um anger, yeah. which I feel like is a lot of what is working with Annie Potts here too. Is just like as her irritability levels rise, it's yeah. it's funnier. And I feel like oh, I want to see Ali Wong do that. I would like that as well. Uh, I was thinking all pretty much all for the time. 1984, give me that young Joan Cusack. Oh, well, of course. Come on. Come on. Uh, I could also see, I could see a, a Whoopi Goldberg here oh, I'm interested in. Yarp. I would like that. I could see, uh, give me Wanda Sykes, young Wanda Sykes mm-hmm. taking no mm-hmm. guff and mm-hmm. barely, no guff. barely interested in answering the phones. Uh, so according to Annie Potts, she said she had just gotten to New York and went down to the set to meet everybody. All of a sudden, Ivan said, oh, great, you're here. We'll just put you in the scene. I was in my street clothes, so I grabbed a coat out of wardrobe and pulled the glasses off the dresser's face and put them on. <sighs> Regrettably, I was stuck with those prescription glasses for the rest of the shoot, and she would give them to me right before each scene started. That's really bad for your eyes. That stinks. Like, you know, I guess you, just, you put them on just as soon as you're like, yeah. and action but that can make you ill depending on how, how different the prescription is from yours yeah. yeah yeah so Ooh. that's unfortunate but uh yeah she's so good in this though i do love her in this uh though it was intended for sandra bernhard which oh. is another very strong you know very, yeah. personality strong voice uh she's so good in the king of comedy this mm-hmm. movie which i'd only seen a few years ago um which i think that's like around 1980 it's around this time um and I think she'd be she'd be great as well. Mm-hmm. She'd be really good as well. Um, but let's move on to Lewis Tully. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Rick Moranis and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? All I have written down is a check mark, uh, yeah, which perfect. is my Perfection. shorthand when I'm when I'm taking notes for a dialect client on like, oh, that sound worked. So I'm like, it's worked. <laughs> you know, like I think there's so many great character actors who play nerd well, but this was one I was just like banging my head against the wall trying to think of someone else that I sure. to see do it. And I was like, I. I don't know. Like I'm thinking of like Michael McKean in Clue. I'm like right, he'd right. be fun in this, but <laughs> Rick Moranis is just so. What he does is play these like wild swings as far as comedic performances, but make them so like endearing, so lived and, in, yeah, and so human that like it's this person. I'm like this is clearly a heightened comedic performance, but I feel like I've seen people like this when like at my diner, you know, like. Yeah. It feels very New York, and it's just, it's so charming. So, yeah, I don't really have, like, maybe Michael McKean, like, as Mr. Green-esque, you know? I could see that. Or maybe maybe get his uh, longtime collaborator or whatnot, Christopher Guest, maybe have him doing, pulling some 
character. Um, he's got a few. He's, he does have a few. He does have a few. Uh, I couldn't think of anyone similar to Rick Moranis. I was like, just go the opposite mm-hmm. and and get full get Patrick Warburton. Just get full blown Kronk <laughs> to be like, well, it's also funny to then see Patrick Warburton getting like attacked by dogs yes, and just is. being like, ah, who bought the pooch? Uh, I could also say, mm-hmm. uh, but the role was written for John Candy, who turned it down because like he apparently just could not get into the character like he just didn't get the character and he had according to ivan reitman john candy had all these suggestions that he wanted for the character and when reitman didn't like them john candy was like i i don't think this is going to work yeah, out Yeah, if we're not going to be able right. to make this make sense and so among candy's suggestions he wanted the character to have a german accent and have a pair i've seen this separately i've seen at one point that he wanted schnauzers another that he wanted german shepherds and they thought that the german accent was not appropriate for the character and since there was already the dog imagery with mm-hmm. the terror dogs yeah. that it would have just been confusing if he also had dogs of his yeah. own uh so they they just thought that none of that worked and john candy was like i don't want to do this then but peace and so they gave the script to rick moranis he read it in about one hour called ivan reitman up and said wow please thank candy for me this is the greatest thing i ever read <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like it the way that it's written, if it's at all on the page in the version that Moranis read, like the way he performed it, like that's the kind of thing that someone like Rick Moranis is going to look at and be like, yes, I know how to do this. It is so in my wheelhouse, yeah. as opposed to John Candy, who it's like, I'm going to have to invent more of a character. To I do guess this. Which I could so see, you know, thinking of him in a home alone. Like I could I could so yeah. see just very similar, like, oh, I'm just being genial. But it's also like you're also hit your your neighbor yeah. does not want anything to do with you and you are not getting that mm-hmm. but you're just coming up you're just trying you're i'm being neighborly even though it's yeah. like you know what you're you're doing yeah um i could see him doing that but sure. uh, i love that we got rick moranis john candy instead 1984 he was with tom hanks doing splash mm-hmm. and he is also in the ghostbusters music video you know just <laughs> cast your friends as much as you can cast i friends. do also love the height discrepancy between oh, Sigourney Weaver yes. and Rick Moranis. I love that they so get that beautiful. full blown when they come together as the gate master, yes. the gate keeper and the key master or whatnot. And they it's create like she, the and gate And she master. dips him to kiss him is, is always, always makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to Winston. Let's talk about what are your thoughts on Ernie Hudson and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I mean, I think he's great, but we barely get to see him. I know. I feel like how do I mean, obviously I can have an opinion about his performance, which is I think he's excellent. And he comes on and he commands the screen and he's like really interesting. And I'm like, him like, he's the one that like is talking to the mayor is like, you know, I just started working here and like you got to give he is like you could argue that like that those these small moments that he has, but he doesn't get like a lot of big wins. You know, you want this Absolutely. character to have some wins of why you bring this character in because it's nothing against him but it's hard when it's like partly it's like this character shouldn't just shouldn't be here in the movie anymore because it's yes. too li- I feel like late in they need either they need something like, like they keep being like we need to hire more help because they're just swamped but it, it feels like they need to be like we need a fourth for the power of the like they need you know some what you could do of- we need a fourth have bump up annie potts now you're like janine we got we need to put on a suit on you and like her and spangler is like whatever you could have spangler be teaching her like oh yeah well this is my studies or whatnot this is how we work but what i'm saying is they don't even have that like that's not even a narrative of like 
oh gosh, we actually need a fourth for scientific balancing, blah, blah, blah purposes. If, there, if there's some psychic reason why there needs to be like a fourth Well, they just say they're swamped. They just need a f- another I know, but that's what, that's what I'm saying is I wish there were something that was like making it not like, oh, we need another right, hand around right. the place, we, which yeah. could just easily, that doesn't mean you need another ghostbuster. Like, do you need another receptionist, you know? Well, here's the thing. If you have another ghostbuster, then you could pair off two and two. So you're like, okay, us two can contain right. this ghost. So they should even just say that. Like, you know, right. it would be great as if we had a fourth and then we could split off into pairs and maximize blah, 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 I blah. I kind of interpreted that by well, having, I you've got Dan Aykroyd and uh, uh, Ernie Hudson in the car like they're having like their own conversation, but because they're by themselves, I kind of figure like we're making the rounds. Like if a call comes in, like we're here to go towards it. The All two right, of see, us. But I didn't make that leap. And also sure. They could have taken one line and said it more explicitly, you know, yeah. cause they're saying other things. They're repeating other lines. So anyway, it just felt like why, like too little too late. And I wanted more of him and I wanted more of him earlier. Of course. Anyway, we've talked about it. My, my top pick, and this is if we like are also beefing up the role is Arsenio Hall. Oh, sure. Just thinking about yeah. how great he is in coming to America. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he's fantastic. And I mean, and obviously this would have to be a much bigger role to cast Eddie Murphy, but then I like Eddie Murphy is a logical choice as well for the definitely. time. Definitely. I could, I'd also be interested in a young Samuel Jackson. Yes, of course. Uh, if this is made later, this feels like a prime John Leguizamo role coming in mm-hmm, to shake mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. a very strong energy and strong point of view. Or I could see Whoopi Goldberg in this role, bringing in the Whoopster. Bring whoopster. in the Whoopster. According to Ernie Hudson, an earlier version of the script had Winston in a larger role with an elaborate backstory as an Air Force demolitions expert. And excited by the part, he agreed to do the job for half of his usual salary. The night before shooting began, he was given a new script with a greatly reduced role. So Ivan Reitman told him that the studio had wanted Eddie Murphy, Mm. and it was written for Eddie Murphy, Mm -hmm. who turned it down. So Eddie Murphy, because in 82, he had 48 hours, 83 was trading places Mm -hmm. with Dan Aykroyd, and then this year in 84, he had Beverly Hills Cop. Oh. So especially after trading places, it's like you, he's got, now he's done two big films that are each like a buddy cop like, dynamic I want to headline this like a thing. buddy dynamic of a yeah exactly it's like i'm gonna go headline and film and even if he wasn't it's like it doesn't it would still be like yeah, four maybe phoebe fourth build then or mm-hmm. maybe third, third build by third build it probably would be bill murray dan Aykroyd, eddie, eddie murphy, murphy sigourney weaver mm-hmm. harold ramus right. or whatnot but it was like yeah i'm not gonna go down to that so once eddie murphy turned it down they were like let's cut back this role but then which you, and give more to bill murray which is like but then you don't you gotta oh people sign yeah. contracts based on what the expectation is i know so ernie hudson said i love the character and he's got some great lines but i felt the guy was just kind of there i love the movie i love the guys i'm very thankful to ivan for casting me i'm very thankful that fans appreciate the winston character but it's always been very frustrating kind of a love-hate thing i guess sure uh, and he said that he but he said at the time that he this really stunk. He was living in a small apartment in Los Angeles around the time of the film's release. And after the movie came out, a neighborhood store owner gave out his address to fans. And so many fans came to visit him that he had to move. It's like people just leave people, people alone. alone. Yeah. So written for Eddie Murphy. And once that, once he turned it down, uh, also considered reginald vell johnson oh he has one line yep. in this he said that he was almost cast as winston and when ernie hudson was ultimately cast ivan reitman offered him the role of the prison guard instead where he's got one teeny tiny line mm-hmm. i was um, like oh but, <laughs> which i love old al pal old carl winslow uh and gregory hines was considered oh yes which also i'm also uh, interested in 
comic mastermind. Yeah. So instead, in 84, Gregory Hines had the Cotton Club, the Francis Ford Coppola mm-hmm. movie, and Muppets Take Manhattan. He's oh. got his little cameo where he's... Also iconic. <laughs> with Piggy and Kermit in the Central Park, I believe, uh, which I adore. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love I love Ernie Hudson. I, I just wish that he had more to do. And I, yeah. feel like, I feel like I haven't seen Ghostbusters 2 in forever. I only saw that, I think, the one time. I think he's got more to do. I mean, by nature of being a part of the team when they begin. At the beginning of the movie, you're automatically yeah. in more of the movie. Exactly. Exactly. Um, let's move on. Let's talk Gozer. Amy Joe. I know you got some thoughts on this. What are your thoughts on Slavica Jovan, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Okay, so normally, listener, when when we watch these movies, I'll, I'll have the like uh, like names written down on the page of like the roles we're looking at, and if something occurs to me in the moment, I'll write it down. But mainly, I'm like taking notes on the film and just like kind of generally watching it, and I'll think about the roles later. <laughs> Gozer pops up and I was like, the ideas are flooding in Um, because I am here for an androgynous queen. Um, Always. I was I did not remember this at all, you know, because I didn't remember a lot of the specifics of the movie. So I was like, number one, I want this cat suit, um, (laughs) this bodysuit. Like then number two, this is a great routine. It's gonna be a great like burlesque routine or like whatever with this with this cat suit. And then you get like two people to be your terror dogs. Well, and then you turn into the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Or what you would actually probably do is do a burlesque where you strip from the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man into Gozer. (laughs) Not that I've thought about it. I'm just coming up with this. We're spitballing here. I'm We're just, spitballing here. you know, really. So my first thought was. You, and, and then you take off that leotard and now you're Slimer. It's like a, you go through all. That's actually, that's great. That's burlesque right there is like, ooh, sexy. <laughs> sexy Slimer. <laughs> um, Jeff and I did once go to a. Uh, uh, comic-con themed burlesque show and Which that was, was incredible. incredible the rocket raccoon, raccoon. strip tease yes. was great there, I mean, there was of course like your obligatory Catwoman and all but mm-hmm. uh the highlight had to be this burlesque dancer as tree beard on stilts on stilts full as a tree and with and she had tiny tiny, <laughs> tiny figurines of mary and pippin on, on her hip and she would like take one of them off and then she would take off their cape <laughs> as though that's their part of the burlesque and then put them down and then she just like took off some leaves it, and it was like to a, like a ooh, like it was very like it was the, hilarious the oh, soundtrack and it, it's like it i love this town um uh, yeah it was it was great anyway what i'm saying is that would that would belong um so first on top of the list annie lennox come on 1984 full eurythmics situation Mm -hmm. like give me annie lennox and then grace jones is next on the list because like same deal definitely and then david bowie um because you know i mean like why, why not just go yeah, for our, our yeah. Andrew uh, friends? Andrew and, Glam. There's plenty of like Andrew Glam people yeah. like today, you know, you oh, go sure. with like a Ruby Rose or whatever. But I'm like, I'm much more um, into yeah. the, the yeah, any Lennox, yeah. Grace Jones Definitely. of it all. So Slavica Jovan just is the body of Gozer. Well, clearly uh, there's some weird voice happening. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, Patty Edwards dubbed over Gozer's lines because Slavica's accent came across as comedic, uh, which Edwards 
of the things that I could see on her IMDb, the biggest one to me, she's also the voice of Flotsam and Jetsam in The Little Mermaid. <gasps> the movie? In the movie, yes. The voice of those eels is the same voice as Gozer. <laughs> Amy has taken her glasses off, put them down, I am, her head in her hands. She's I am, rubbing her temples. Well, I, she's a gag and a gog. I'm a gag and a gog. I'm gooped. I'm gagged. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Cool. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, I also, definitely Annie Lennox. I could also see, made later, just give me that Gwendolyn Christie. Oh, yeah, come do it. On. Come on. And, and then I, just put her in a costume, and she's basically tall enough to play the Stave Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. Brianna mm-hmm. Tar mm-hmm. as, well, I mean, as just mo-capper today. Oh, actually, that's the 100% Stave, true. Stave and then you could, I will say one of the funniest things about the whole sequence of the Stay Fush Marshmallow Land is the jolly face that sometimes will go mean, but most of just like so oh, happy. Once they are lighting him up with those flames and his, his face is like, is so good. It's, it's so, so funny. To funny. Me. Uh, what would be the equivalent today? What would be the what what corporate mascot? Like who's who's like oh this safe? I mean, even like ten years later, it would have been the Kool Aid Man. Or, oh my god, that'd know. be amazing! Of course, each time you'd have to burst through the building. You have to burst through every oh, wall. Oh yeah, all the building, each one. It burst through each building. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I feel like today. I mean, you'd have to pay a lot of money for it, but it'd be like Elmo. Or something like that. Oh my! I don't think that they would write off on. I don't think that they would agree. I, to that. I, I don't think concur. Sesame Street would be like. They'd be like, Elmo no. Time. Elmo's here. Elmo angry. Oh, yeah, it'd be it'd be the tickle me Elmo specifically. Or oh, you know, uh, Mitchell's and the Machines just did this did giant the Furby. This is made in the nineties. Big old Furby. Yes. Yeah, I could definitely. Yeah, I definitely think there are that. there are options, and and us being thirty uh, somethings with no children, <laughs> we're not really hip. To the things, but although, like Dan Aykroyd's thinking Paw of things Patrol from is his storming through the city, Dan Aykroyd's thinking of things from his youth. Yo, so, like, true. I guess actually we very could true. be thinking of things or from some, our youth. Something that's from our youth but is still popular today. Uh oh, what's that coming around the building? Beep-ba. Mario, Mario, <gasps> Yoshi, and Yoshi. Yeah, Mario, Mario riding, riding Yoshi. Yoshi, baby Mario riding Yoshi. Princess, Yoshi's Island, Princess Peach. <laughs> That's something soft and delicate. That's fun. Princess and she Peach. Can, yeah, yeah, she can that. float and fly if you're if you're playing. What is that? Mario two? I don't know. Um, I think that's Mario. Maybe Mario three, Mario where you 3. can like pick which one you play as. Yeah. Uh, either way, that sound means it's time to play a quick round oh, wow. of two truths and some guy. Gozer. The way it works. Well, I had a feeling that Gozer would be the one that you'd be most interested in. Uh, the way it works. Two of the following actors were up for the role of Gozer. One was not. And Amy Joe is to guess which is which. Your options are Paul Rubens, David Bowie, and Grace Jones. Oh. <laughs> my gosh am i a wizard you might just be a wizard paul rubens david bowie grace jones okay i feel like see now you've gotten i talk too much about my mental process and so now you've, you've really got me <laughs> pegged. yeah 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 so i'm like all right clearly i picked david bowie and grace jones so i feel like one of those is probably one you made up knowing my affinity for said folks paul rubens feels like too weird not to be right but then again maybe you're like this is so weird amy you'll think it's i'm gonna go david bowie ding 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 that is correct as far as i can yes. tell david bowie was not considered Paul Rubens turned it down 
which this was two years before Pee-wee's Playhouse. Uh-huh. So he's like doing the Pee-wee as his stand-up act. Uh-huh. Um, but he had like, apparently he was also, he's, a, I forgot this, he's a waiter in Blues Brothers. So I'm like, okay, well, there's the Dan uh, Aykroyd connection. connection. Uh, but yeah, originally it's supposed to be played by Paul Rubens, who turned it down. In the original script, Gozer took on the form of Ivo Shandor, the ghost building's architect who started the original Gozer cult, who resembled a pale, slender, unremarkable man in a business suit. So there, so it's not clearly not the same. You're not putting Paul Rubens in like a glittery jumpsuit. Um, but you're having to be like a weirdo Mm -hmm. architect. Maybe he saw the script. Maybe he saw that the script said pale, slender, unremarkable man. He's like, Hey, Hey now. And, but yes, Pee Wee's big adventure was 85. So this is the next year, which I forgot that the movie came before the show huh a pb's playhouse uh in 84 paul rubens was in meatballs 2 uh which did not include bill murray of meatballs 1 and he was playing pinocchio on fairy tale theater trust i've seen it with carl, carl reiner as geppetto as geppetto laney kazan as the blue fairy mm-hmm. james coburn credited as the gypsy Uh, well you know we were still saying that until five years ago with his henchman michael richards and jim belushi that is bananas fairy tale theaters casts are stacked i don't know how many times i have to tell you when kramer and jim belushi are playing the henchman yes yes bananas uh and grace jones was considered gozer's final form was described as david bowie meets grace jones and so in 84 instead grace jones had her very first film role as zula in the conan the barbarian sequel conan the destroyer conan conan the conarian conan the conarian <laughs> uh let's move on to egon spangler amy joe your thoughts on harold ramus and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else I think he's he's great. He's he's funny. I feel like it again because there's so much Bill Murray. It takes a while before we really get more of him than just like get me that goop, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think he's he's funny. Uh, uh, I think a, a duh like a gimme is Christopher Lloyd. Mm. Um, if this is today, you know, I'm thinking of like comedian nerds. Um, uh, of which there are many, but of course the one that springs to mind most is William Jackson Harper. Oh, sure. That's a comedian nerd. And then like, I feel like this actor really rides the line. This is one I also had on my list for the Bill Murray role. I mean, it would just kind of depend on the alchemy of all Uh the people, but like, I'm thinking of uh, him in, um, oh my gosh, the Martian. I was like, what's the Mars movie with uh, Matt Damon? The Martian. The Martian. Uh, Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Very, oh. like, w- yeah. an interesting kind of, like, uh, aggro nerd energy in a way that could be could be fun, depending on the other folks that are, are cast in this. And as you were talking about Paul Rubens being a waiter in the Blues Brothers, it made me think of how Billy Crystal was a waiter in the Spinal Tap. And I was like, Billy Crystal would also be interesting in the Bill Murray role. Oh, I could definitely mm-hmm. see definitely see yeah. that. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh yeah, you just made me think I could also see you put Danny Putty in this role and Donald Glover as your stance is pretty much replicating their like buddy chemistry mm-hmm. in community. Mm-hmm. Uh Joel McHale as your Venkman. Yep. Is, that's your dry sardonic lead. Great. Uh I could see that as a trio. This is made whatever. For some reason in the aughts they decided to remake Ghostbusters with the cast of community. <laughs> Once again, Chevy Chase, you're not in it. Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> I could see like a Rain Wilson if this was made in in the oh, aughts. Yes. I could see a Jermaine Clement. 
I think would be very yes, funny. Yes, very funny. Get a little flight of the Concords in there. Because uh, Harold Ramis only intended to write the film. He did not plan to act on it and act in it until he just, I guess they had enough people kind of turn it down or just they, it didn't find the right fit. And he finally decided. like, well, I know like, how I, it's supposed I, to I, sound. Yeah. And I think he works great. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't, he's always known more as a director and right. writer than an actor. But I think he brings a great energy to this. I do think he's a very great straight man mm-hmm. comedic the com- straight man comedic right um, michael keen turned this role down as well uh-huh which i'm interested in christopher walken was considered not mad about that me either but it does that also feels like it imbalances your film if you put an academy award winner in this role yeah maybe i guess it is like close enough to the deer hunter but it's also like Christopher Walken would go on to play lots of like I'm just popping up for uh, like smaller parts yeah but when it's like a team you know it's not just like oh and yeah. here's the guy that we sometimes go to because he knows the science it's like no we are all part of the Ghostbusters mm-hmm. we're all part of the team that to me is when like I would say inarguably Bill Murray is your biggest name of these guys sure. and then Dan Aykroyd yeah and then you've got Harold Ramis and Ernie Hudson who are not as well known at this right. point in time Jeff Goldblum was considered oh yes I can see that quite easily Instead, in 1984, he was doing Buckaroo Banzai, or The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Ding, ding, ding. Christopher Lloyd was considered. Mm-hmm. He was also doing The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. And he's playing the villain of Star Trek III, The, the Search for Spock. So he, had a, he was very still busy in 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, that casting would be great. John Lithgow was considered. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, we know uh, insufferable scientist would work <laughs> works perfectly well. I dig, out. I dig. Yeah, that type A energy. Now listen, right. it's this. Get me some of that goop. And I stop you from drilling a hole in your head. That would have worked if you hadn't stopped me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just righteous indignation. Uh, I think would be good. In 1984, he had Footloose, uh, and this neo noir film with him and James Garner as Hollywood homicide cops called The Glitter Dome. He had tw- the Glitter Dome. <laughs> yes, with Tina Turner as as a uh, what's what's her name from Beyond Thunderdome, Madam. Oh, I can't. I'm forgetting her Mim. name. Madam, Madam Mim. That's not it. Uh, he had 2010, the year we make contact, the sequel to 2001: A Space Odyssey, and he's also in the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across oh, the eighth dimension. Who thought it? How could that one film hijack all three? Christopher Lloyd, John Lithgow, and Jeff Goldblum. That is all energetically like you got you got them all. You got all of this like weird character actor energy from the 80s around this time. It must have had a lot of carbonation that that film. And John Lithgow, finally, in 1984, was too busy playing Goldilocks' father in fairy tale theater. Who was Goldilocks? Tatum O'Neill. Tatum O'Neill. And who was Goldilocks' mother? Carol King. Right. <laughs> I remember that Carol now. King! What? Uh, I feel the porridge move under my face. Why are you standing on the porridge, Carol? <laughs> uh, but there's some good options in there. There are a lot of fun options in there. If yeah. I hadn't gotten Harold Ramis... Um, and let's move on finally to Dana Barrett, Siggy Weaves. Amy Jo, your thoughts on that Sigourney Weaver? And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? What's not to love about Sigourney Weaver, particularly in this film? Yeah. Like, she's so great at playing this. Like, like, I don't think she is in any way trying to make Dana that different from like herself or her usual persona, just so it will contrast more with Dana as Zool. Mm-hmm. Like, She's not like making her more uptight or or like yeah. prissy or, or prudish or anything like that. She's just like 
you know, savvy, level-headed working woman. Yes. And, and like, yeah, I'm just like very, very savvy and, and yeah. like down to Immediately earth and funny is on to Bill Murray, which yes. makes it so much better that she's like, wow, like you just do not stop guy. Like, can yeah. you please investigate the ghost in my fridge? Thanks. The monster dog yeah. next to my ham in but, the fridge. <laughs> my ham. Um, but then when she is like, possessed you know and she's in this in that like gauzy like off the shoulder top and and it's like this sexed up version of her and everything it's like it it's still a dual role but it doesn't feel like she's tried too hard to go the other direction with like the the stasis character you know um i don't know i love her i think she's great she's very glamorous um even even maybe especially in the scenes where she's not trying to be glamorous because she's just like look at that hair she just looks perfect all the time yeah my um my first thought was Carrie Fisher. Oh yeah, um, like as that. someone else who just I, when I think of like who's someone in the '80s with like a no nonsense kind of like I think of her in like When Harry Met Sally and like that's yeah. one of my favorite comedic yeah. performances, you know. And then uh, Jamie Lee Curtis also came to mind Same. as I someone also who is Jamie Lee. also mm-hmm. very like funny. And then I think of her in like A Fish Called Wanda, and it's just like how quickly she goes from like, okay, we're doing this, to like, now I'm a sex kitten doing my sex kitten yeah. act, you know? Oh, if Bill Murray said no, get me Kevin Klein oh as Venkman. Oh my gosh, where have we been, what Jeff? Do we talk? What do we what talk? What are we thinking about? Kevin Klein as Venkman, that is what I want yeah. if you don't got Bill Murray. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, also Jimmy Lee Curtis. I could see a Goldie Hawn, I think, would be Totes. really fun in this. Uh, if this was made much later, in like the, like, I mean, today, give me Alison Brie. Mm-hmm. Of someone you're like, who's giving, you're giving me like that, that Dana tip throughout the film. And then her getting possessed, I think, would right. be more comedic on Alison Brie. Uh, but I'd be interested in. So before this film, Sigourney was, of course, known for more serious movies, sure. not really known for comedies. She had done a lot of comedy at Yale Drama School and wanted to show that side of herself. So she was very yeah, into she, she being in this She and Christopher Durang were like best friends. Like yeah. she was in all of his stuff at school. I like that. She said that kids would come up to her after the movie and ask her if she really turned into a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, Miss. Did you really turn into that big dog? Yes. Wow. I, I was thinking. Do it now. I was thinking about watching when I was watching this about her doing Cabin in the Woods and being like, oh, "When do when do I get to meet the werewolf?" <laughs> yes. Yes. So good. So so good. Uh, one of the aspects of her audition that got her the role was that she offered up a wordless scene. This was not part of her audition, but she offered up, wanted to show, like, I can be, like, more physical. I can be uh-huh. whatever to Ivan Reitman. So she <laughs> offered up the scene where she's turned into the dog, not knowing that... That it would be animated. Yes. Yeah, so it's just her acting like a dog. So she's writhing across the casting couch, snarling, loudly snarling at Reitman, uh, who said that he was impressed, if not a little scared, and she got the part. Yeah, she's like, I went to <laughs> Yale, damn it, I can act! But also she's like, yeah, I'm not like, whatever, high and mighty, serious actor. Like, I'm gonna go act like a dog on the floor right now to be like, yeah. look, I'm here to have fun. Like, I'm gonna exactly. really get into this. And I think it's so good. I think it's great. Uh, the only other actor I could find that was up for this, Julia Roberts auditioned. Well, I'm 
glad it didn't happen. As am I, because what's also great about this is Sigourney Weaver is one year older than Bill Murray, that they yeah. are very much matched. Julia Roberts would have been 16 at the time of Ew, filming. no! Which I don't understand, and I'm like... How I, is she a successful cellist with a Philharmonic? Which they never say she is, but she's at Lincoln Center with a cello. It stands to reason. Oh, you didn't know? They, they start you as a baby. <laughs> on, on cello, you start as a baby. You're, you, if you, well, if you're, I mean, if you, you know. are past the age of 10 and not working at the Philharmonic on cello... You're a failure. You're, you're a, oh, you're a has-been. Uh, yeah, her first credit is an episode of Crime Story in 87, then Mystic Pizza in 88, and then Steel Magnolias in 89 kind of helped, you know, that first Oscar yeah. nom and catapulted Where her. Where she's still a child, basically, like, yeah. you know? because she was born in 1967, so, it's like, I don't know what, how... I don't know. Her Her and Jennifer Jason Lee had the same agent, which is how Jennifer Jason Lee is getting auditions for Superman as oh my Lois Lane and Julia is getting auditions for this. Also, like, I I do appreciate, yeah, that it's like we, we see Bill Murray hitting on this student who doesn't look so egregiously young, the college student. At least I will say like, they didn't cast someone yeah. who looked like, you know. 18 like i'm a she, little baby she's probably a mere 22 you know but um gross i'm glad that that was not the i'm yeah, glad that wasn't the e- case yeah definitely so those are all the characters that i found other casting options for but there are a few characters we didn't mention i want to briefly touch on them of course our remaining member of the ghostbusters dan Aykroyd as ray stands uh but, you know he's great i mean he wrote it for himself mm-hmm. Uh, which is it's surprising he didn't write more a bigger part of himself Uh, which more for him to do because it's like bill murray's your lead and harold ramus gets like this the love interest with janine and dana Aykroyd stuck rolling around with ernie hudson being like well i guess i'm at least in more of the movie than you Uh, you know like he doesn't i don't know he's got really that big moment for me his biggest moment is him like we gotta get look at this fireplace it's got poles it's that and the moment where they where he's like I didn't mean, I tried to empty my mind, right, but I tried right. to think of something soft. and like, Yeah, I wanted to go even further yeah. with that, with this kind of like childlike innocence that yeah. he's got. He's got that where he's just like, oh, wow, you're so lucky. You got slime. This is amazing. Like, I could go even further. Yeah. I could have gone uh, much less far. In fact, maybe way, way back with uh, the scene of him dreaming that a ghost has given him a beach. I could have gone with that going away. That was apparently, if I recall deleted foot that was supposed to be like actually real like they were supposed to have a whole sequence where they go to some like haunted cabin or something and that is a scene that happens and instead they were like well we can't use that footage but we this footage of dan Aykroyd getting a bj well, from a ghost is too good i to think cut. it's also that they're like we spent all this money on getting this belt to look like it's undoing itself so we can't <laughs> all this money all this money all this our string budget our special roof. effects and we got to show the people that we can achieve such heights. So we're not going to let that go to waste. That's how I it see is that. Bazonkers. Didn't I need cannot it. believe it is in this film. Uh, David Margulies as the mayor, uh, who I always like that. I did a, a reading with him years ago. Mm. He passed away in 2016. So I did a reading with him in like a few years prior with him. And I forgot it until I looked up his time to be that he's, he was longtime partners with Lois Smith, who's also in this. He's like oh. a reading with the two of them um, of this musical, Dave Koresh Superstar oh, wow, by one. Broadway's Robert Askins, uh, which my main memory of David Margulies, uh, who I think is very good in this film as well. 
was in the because this is a musical, it was an original musical, but Rob Askins had only written the book. There was no music. So we'd written Rob like, Askins who wrote the Hand play to Hand to God, God on yeah. Broadway. If you uh and for he any is, who know that he is uh from Texas and and went to Baylor, which is in Waco, which is near where oh. the branch Div- near where the branch Davidians were. So um but so he just for each song had written like here is what's happening in the song. And then for the purposes of this reading, he would have the actors read that so mm-hmm. it, it, in place of the song they would read and for dave margulies he was among he played like a multi-track and you had like lois smith as janet reno among and like several oh. other characters uh but <laughs> dave margulies among others played this bus driver in the beginning of the musical and so for this opening number they're like and here's this character singing about the, the, his, his wants and dreams like an i i want song mm-hmm. so here's what dave crush is singing about wanting it's supposed to be adam driver as dave crush but he oh. like pulled out at the last second that he was just like oops i can't be there so it was like well understandable you're blowing up but in this opening song i looked up i looked up this old script because this made me laugh so hard the way that he performed this uh they because it's like the bus driver i was like the whatever dave crush wants this and like this character wants this and he's just like the bus driver is hungry the bus driver wants a sandwich or a baked potato And I just never, I never forgot. Uh, David Margulies of Ghostbusters just wanting a sandwich or a baked potato. Uh, after this film, William Atherton, who plays Walter Peck, the uh-huh. PA, became reviled. People would try to fight oh. him in bars, oh, according no. to him. He said the movie had just opened and I was doing a reading for Joe Papp in New York. So I'm walking down 7th Avenue and there's this big Ghostbusters marquee and there are all these buses filled with kids. But I'm not registering it too much. I'm thinking about Chekhov. And all of a sudden, about 8 million kids lean out the windows and yell, Hey, Dickless! <laughs> it, it is true. This man has no dick. Uh, and he's, of course, in uh, Die Hard as well. So he is like the journalist, the news guy. Yes, yes, yes. I was like, so why like does this guy look familiar? So yeah, yeah, of yeah. despicable characters in big, iconic 80s yeah. movies. Like between those two, it's like, yeah, of course you're going to get people like, hey, you're that jerk that was giving, giving Bill Murray so much guff. Oh, and you're giving John McClane, my boy Bruce Willis, so much guff. Yeah, I'm going to fight you now in this bar because I don't understand that movies are make-believe. It's like, I'm an actor, darling. I'm magnificent. That's how I'm giving you such an emotional reaction. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He's all going to play, I don't know, probably Trigorin at that point. Oh, he'd be a great Trigorin, yeah, honestly. Or, uh, or uh, who am I thinking of in, uh, in Chekhov? He'd be... Uh, in Chekhov? Sorry, all in Chekhov. In Uncle Vanya, the uh, Astrov. Oh, yes, yes, the yes. Astrov. He'd, be, he'd be, great. be great in any of that. And instead, he's getting called dickless by some jerk kids. <laughs> <laughs> in 2010... Uh, he recalled to the AV club that the shaving cream that was used for the melted marshmallow was still quite heavy. He said, we had the eighth grade science test. I went under the bag and I asked, how much shaving cream is in there? And they said, not that much. So I said, how much does it weigh? He said, it's about 75 pounds, but it's shaving cream. And he's like, you know, the whole thing about 75 pounds of feathers and 75 pounds of lead, it's the same thing. So it's like, so can we figure out what's going to happen with this? So they put some poor stunk eye underneath to show the sissy actor, okay, nothing's going to happen. So they unleashed it, and it flattened him. So they took out half of the shaving cream, and I went in very happily and was slimed. Because, yeah, you're getting whacked. Yeah. 75 pounds of anything is going to knock Hurt. you to the ground. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, sure. Oh, I oh, guess we were wrong. Uh, final thoughts. Amy Joe. anyone else we haven't touched on? Any moments in the film that jumped out at you? I did love... 
at the very beginning, you know, we're in the, the New York Public Library and the card catalogs start to go wild and the librarian looks back and it's like, ah, ah. you and I were like, oh, she's just running away from all the work of having to put those card catalogs oh, back together. I'm going to have to stay after for so many hours to clean like, up all these cards. This is it was giving me the mummy flashbacks. So I was like, good luck. You're done. Just burn the library down. <laughs> <laughs> They're not coming back from this. There wasn't really a ghost in the New York Public Library. It was just old Rachel Weiss <laughs> accidentally knocking everything Oops. asunder <laughs> sorry anyway it made me laugh and then my favorite line was uh when i think when it's like dana has asked Bankman, like are you a scientist and he's like yeah I, don't I forget exactly what he says but she goes you're more like a game show host yes and that, that was line great. great and delivery dana line. was perfect <laughs> yeah that it was like that i can like still be charmed by this person even though i'm aware that they're like you're an idiot you're such an idiot you are like obviously just hitting on me and like being not helpful Mm -hmm. at all but because of that because you recognize that you can climb over that to be like okay i'm okay with these two like getting together and then they're together for the sequel uh i'll end with this producer michael c gross said that somebody went to an air show that had b-52 bombers and one of them had the ghostbusters logo painted on the nose at that point the cold war was still on and i thought this is nice one day when the windows light up with the blast of the falling bombs i'll know that over moscow there's a plane with the ghostbusters logo dropping the big one. Oh. wow <laughs> wow <laughs> who you gonna call <laughs> ghostbusters do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at andalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. Gosh, follow us on social media at andalmoststarring on Instagram to find out what movie we're doing next and what the heck we're doing with life, you know? <laughs> what are we doing with life, indeed? <laughs> uh, and if you haven't done so already, please consider us giving us a rating and review, preferably five stars wherever you listen. And smash that subscribe button. You gotta smash that subscribe button, <laughs> fools. Uh... <laughs> And until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And thank you for joining us to see who almost starred.